This is the Sea to Sky podcast with Marcus and Alan, weaving through the issues in Sea to Sky country. Welcome to another edition of the Sea to Sky podcast. My name is Marcus. I'm here with Alan, and uh, we have Paul Lawley with us today. How's it going, Paul? Very well. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for being here. You're our second mayoral candidate to come on the podcast. Well, thank you. Uh, it's a real delight to be here with you two tonight. Uh, uh, I've known Alan for, for a number of years uh, through media and Marcus uh, in your previous life as well. So it's good to see two familiar faces. Well, yes, you, you, you're a familiar face that pretty much came out of nowhere. Well, I first got elected when I, in 1996 and I served three terms and then I ran again in 2008 and served those three terms or three years uh, till 2011. And at that point, I uh, didn't run again. Um, I made the decision based on a number of factors, uh, primarily family at the time. Uh, my mother was really sick and um, unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago now. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, things happen in life and uh, family comes first. So. Oh, I agree. I mean, that's probably the reason why uh, I'm not running <laughs> for council. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot more than people think. I ran yeah. once. In fact, I ran in 2008. Oh, wow. That was yeah. the same year you came back. Yeah, geez. And, uh, Thanks for reminding I, me. I tell you, one, one taste was enough. So I don't know how you do it. And I don't think people realize the commitment and no. what's necessary to actually make a, a successful run. Yeah, it's certainly a lot of work, guys. So when I first got elected, I was 24. Um, obviously young, ambitious, loved politics, loved my community, uh, but it was a real eye-opener. You know, it took me a good year just to kind of get my feet wet and understand what local government is all about. You know, it's uh, as much as people may think it's uh, all this glorious stuff and, and fame <laughs> and whatever, it's, it's really about making sure you, when you turn your tap on in the morning, you got good clean water, the toilet flushes, we got good parks, good policing, good fire. That's basic nuts and bolts of local government and right. it, what it provides to the community. However, you know, you know, it also does economic development. It uh, obviously shapes the community in terms of land use. So to me, it's, being, it's all about the reward you get of giving back to your community. To me, the reward you get out of that is something that it's hard to explain. But going back to your question, Alan, uh, it, it's not an easy job. Uh, you know, I've been on council in my 20s, 30s, and 40s. So basically three different decades um, and uh, watch this town grow to what it is now, help shape this town grow to what it is now and uh, certainly want to get back into the... But now uh, you're running, now scene. you're running for mayor. You're throwing your hat into the yeah. mayoral you're going straight to the end and you, were, and you were out of the game for a while. Was it was it always the plan to come in now as like, run for mayor or was no. there any precursor to sort of push you along? You know, timing is everything for me. Certainly, uh, I took a break, like I said before, due to family. And so timing, uh, certainly, you know, people were calling and are hungry for some leadership. You know, I, I thought about it over the summer. Did, did Patricia, sorry to interrupt, but did Patricia not r running for re-election, did that influence your decision at all? You know, uh, good question. Um, would I have run if Patricia was running? I think I would have uh, because what I've certainly heard and what I've certainly seen over the last four years is we've seen a lot of growth, a lot of activity in Squamish. But what we haven't seen is the amenities keeping up with the growth. You yeah. know, 
what people tell me on the street is we've seen all this growth, we've seen all our, you know, all these increases in taxes, but what do we got to show for it? You know, it's a common question I get on the streets and certainly I would have to agree. So for me, it's all about having a plan. It's about uh, ensuring, because, um, you know, when, when you get elected, guys, you know, you're, you're elected for four years for, for, for that term. So for me, it's about delivering. You know, I've got experience in, not only have I been a councillor for about 10 years, I was chair of the regional district, chair of the Sea to Sky Hospital Board. You know, we've seen some really cool things happen in Squamish while I was on council. You know, everything from the construction of the library back in the day. And uh, I think the library is going to be paid off in here, not to uh, a couple of years, yeah, you know, fire halls. Right. I mean, and the fire halls and... RCMP building... Quest University, see this guy gondola, the SODC land use. Uh, right. You know, when I was chair of the of the hospital, see uh, this guy hospital board. You know, the community called upon the expansion of the pharmacy there and the chemo chemo uh, therapy center. You know, I lobbied the uh, provincial minister of health, uh, who was the uh, who was Kevin Falcon at the time. And we got funding. So and, and those were all big so, issues. But you know, it's a four-year commitment now. Now you've seen it. You've seen the commitment go from two to three to four years. I uh, know three to four. Okay, three to four. There's some big issues, and you named some big issues. And you sat on you sat on a lot of committees and sat on council for a lot of those issues. But boy, there's some big ones facing the community now. You talk about amenities. I mean, Brenham Park. How yeah. the hell are we going to pay for that? Yeah. Well, that's great question. So certainly. Um, again, I can start off by talking about what I've done, how I've worked with a team uh, of councillors and mayor that basically delivered results. Um, and that's where it starts. It's about working as a team. So uh, a good leader, first of all, listens and then tries to deliver um, results. So let's talk about Brennan Park. So a number of years ago, we had a huge demand in the community from the slow pitch community and the soccer community saying we need all weather fields, you know, where our kids are driving to the city or, you know, we can't host tournaments for a slow pitch where we're a big enough town, you know, it's it's uh, embarrassing and uh, the community needs it. So we rallied council um, and I, I led the charge there uh, with Mayor Kareen Lonsdale at the time. We, we rallied council, we rallied the community, we got the community to, you know, the guys from the slow pitch and soccer community said, look, put together a business case. Right, you guys do a bit of the legwork, and um, certainly we want to see this town grow too from an amenity perspective. And they did, and so we went to referendum. We put the plan together. We got staff to work on it. Uh, we put the plan together, the cost and everything. We took it out to the community. And as leaders, it's our job to sell it. If you believe in something, you got to sell it to the community. That's your job as a leader. And that referendum passed. And the referendum passed in my mind because it had a start date, an exact cost on their taxes, what it's going to cost you, and an end date. So in three years, we got two soil pitch fields and two soccer all-weather fields built and paid for in three years, and the referendum passed. So that's one way. Obviously, community grants the all-weather fields, the turfing of the all-weather field. Again, another thing that I was really um, supportive of and... Uh, would say I helped lobby uh, council to support. Again, we got the SOC community to, to put together costs. We got staff to review them. But we had the uh, Olympic legacy funds at that time. So certainly we, we had funds to work with uh, as well. They kicked in money in the soccer community. 
And I think the district popped it off. But it's about partnerships, right? It's about having a plan and then delivering on that plan. Um, and then, of course, with all this development, Alan and Marcus, we've got people now, which we didn't back then, knocking on our door, wanting to invest. And we're rezoning properties. Yeah, let me, let me ask you about that. Because you sat on council and you, you were here in Squamish through a lot of the years when we were chasing people out of town. A lot of developers thought of Squamish as the place where projects come to die. Oceanfront. Uh, the original Oceanfront. Yep. Uh, what was the what, what did they call that over in the campgrounds? The the red line they call it now. The, it was uh, I remember the original that was by Kingswood Developments. They got chased out of town. Uh, Rennie David. Uh, he got you know he he did a lot for the town. Built the Women's Center helped with the homeless shelter. I mean, he's sort of been over backwards providing amenities, and what did he get for it? Got nothing. Mm -hmm. So has that changed, and what's going to happen going forward? Is that Are we going to stay at pace, creating more housing, or where do you see that going from here on out? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So campaigning throughout the community, talking to community uh, members, some people are concerned about the, the rate of growth uh, in our community. We've grown close to 14% over the last six years. Oh, so for fastest growing communities in Canada, actually. Exactly, right? So some are concerned, but the way I look at it, you have to manage growth. What really people want is to ensure they get value for the dollar for their taxes. And number two, uh, they want to ensure that there's amenities here to keep up with the growth. So my philosophy, as you guys probably already know, I'm a free enterpriser. I, I believe in um, helping bringing and I always have uh, with the people you just mentioned. Uh, always try to help uh, support people who want to invest in our community. Uh, that's the reputation I want to have for Squamish, uh, one that's open. Uh, certainly, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say, look, um, we're going to prove everything because that's not how it works. But what I want to say here today is this. I want to negotiate the best deals for Squamish. So if that means we're going to rezone a piece of property, we have something called the community mini agreement. You know, I want to make sure there's something there for the community with respect to whether it's amenity or cash in the bank. Those are the sort of things that I'm talking about when working with developers. Because now, as opposed to then, the absorption, the market, the dollars are there. 10, 15 years ago, when you're talking about the market wasn't there, right? That's why you have a lot of the big players now in Squamish, from the Polygons to the Bosas to the Anthem, the Saltair, you know, they're coming here because Squamish is, you know, it's you know, a lot of it has to do with the highway, the expansion of the highway after the 2010 Olympics, right? That, that certainly opened the doors to a lot of people and certainly we're, we're still a lot more affordable than the other communities in the world. Are you happy with the rate of growth or do you think we're moving too quickly? Well, here's the thing, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where if you manage it properly, I think for business, growth is good. Uh, so I do believe that growth is a good thing, but you have to manage it properly in the sense of you have to provide the amenities. You have to ensure when growth's happening, you negotiate the best deals so that, you know, your community's not getting taxed to build a second sheet of ice or build another field or whatever. You negotiate these things while you're experiencing growth. And so that's what I intend on doing. So what, what's the plan for growth then? Like what, where are you planning on, on growing? Because are we looking at densification of downtown? Are we looking at uh, expanding into other areas? Um, 
Because that, that I think that's the big issue. When you look at desertification, you look at places like Jumar, which is a, a big contentious issue, how that happened. Uh, you know, you have the Chima lands, and you have uh, the Garibaldi, uh, the gas going on there, the Garibaldi's Garibaldi and Squamish. So, okay. I mean, these are all big contentious issues. I mean, so that's what I mean by asking about the rate of growth. I mean, yes, you have to balance it, yeah. but wow, where? That's why, you know, the community just went through... Uh, and council the official community plan that kind of sets the stage for you know what your future your vision looks like for for your community you know the squamish ocean fund development corp is a great example a project that this community has endorsed and supported uh for a number of years i was on council when we did those land use plans that's gonna uh, create significant growth downtown uh the desertification downtown uh guys there's no there's no best answer uh, or secret or magic formula, is, I guess, is the best way to describe it. But uh, I will say this, as council and as mayor, my job and responsibility is obviously to manage that, right? We are elected to basically represent the community. So when I was on council, whatever, 10 years ago, at that time, downtown was, was dying. We had storefronts empty, you know, people, business owners were upset. We, we initiated the BIA. We, we tried to do some initiatives, but, you know, the economy wasn't that good, right? It's all economy-driven, right? Is this economy going to keep at this rate? No, it's always cyclical, right? Uh, it's actually coming on a downward way right now, but we supported and initiated the identification downtown. Why? Because we developed all the big box on the highway, at the time and that obviously was due to the fact of we were experiencing a lot of leakage people going into the north shore or vancouver to shop because we didn't have those stores and now we're stopping that but what what we did as a result of that and that's what i want to say it's visionary right it also brought we in a lot of tax revenue it brought in tax revenue and jobs but more importantly we became the service center of the corridor right people from vancouver or whistler and and yeah. And we're soon out of shop here. Yeah. And so we said, look, how we make downtown successful and thrive, we densify it. So we took that initiative. I was in Zephyr's uh, there last week, and it was there at 2 o'clock in the afternoon having coffee with the uh, owner, Adrian. Yeah, he's been on our podcast. Okay, great guy. You know what? I was saying to him, I said, five years ago, six years ago, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, this place would have been quiet, right? And it was packed. And it's packed because there's a lot more people downtown. Well, actually, when we interviewed him, it was just last week, and he was saying that what Squamish needs, and of course, and this is going to come up during the election, as I know you're very much aware of, is how we get more businesses and jobs in the town. So what comes first? The densification, because he was saying, this is a guy that owns a, ca a cafe, but he's saying, you know what, we need more cafes in, in downtown Squamish. So what comes first, the densification or the small business, or do they sort of just develop a pace? So um, I met with the BIA. They invited me to the last board meeting. One of the things I suggested they do is have a forum with the developers because Adrian did bring that point up, and, and it's a good one. So we need more commercial space. You know, we need to have uh, bigger commercial space, not just 1,000-square-foot spaces. We need you know, three, 4,000 square foot off so you can expand. And so one of the suggestions I, I, I said was, look, uh, well, first of all, there needs to be greater communication with the district 
uh, because obviously as leaders, we need to hear this stuff. But also the people who are investing in this community, i.e. the developers, if the developers um, uh, know there's a market for more commercial and bigger commercial, you betcha they're gonna do it. It's a business opportunity, right? So uh, what I advise them is communicate, have these forums, dialogue with them so they understand that there is a market and there's business people already there that are willing to take on more commercial. Well, I mean, we talked to Darren McCartney uh, with our housing crisis part two, and he says, yeah, we can go ahead and build industrial, we can go build uh, storefronts and stuff, but he said right now that's a tough draw, actually bringing in business to open up shop here. He said eh, he's not really confident, so you can tell businesses, yes, you need to open storefront, but it's not a big seller. That's what he was saying last time. I don't know if the market has changed since that conversation. Yeah, so so economic development is, is certainly a top priority of mine. And one of the things that I am going to initiate when I get elected mayor is an economic development committee whose primary goal it will be to create jobs in Squamish. And that committee will be represented from all different sorts of sectors. I've given it some thought, but I obviously haven't finalized how that'll look and the makeup of it. Certainly. Once elected, that's going to be a priority of mine to put together, uh, put forward to council and recommend names in, in industries because it's business people that attract business. And so we want to have high caliber business people sitting on that economic development committee from small business all the way up to bigger business uh, because we want those people to start thinking and, and having that dialogue so that we can bring new jobs to Squamish. And as a result, one of the priorities I'm gonna make when elected is to expedite employment-based development permits applications. So they'll go hand in hand. So, so does that, that mean that if you want a development permit, you gotta provide a certain amount of commercial space or employment lands? No, it's two separate issues. If you do provide employment, then we will expedite those permits. Well, that's an interesting approach. Uh, we gotta do something, because clearly, we can't just be a commuter a commuter town. I don't think anybody, I mean, we, we're heading that way, and I don't know how you can stop it, but it would certainly be nice to have more people working in Squamish. Yeah, it's also about the social fabric. It's not about just creating jobs and taxes for a community, which are important. Uh, it's also about creating a better quality of life for, for families. Like I said, when I was a kid, we had plenty of volunteers for coaches and in committees and in the community, corporate sponsors left and right. Uh, now it's tough finding coaches. Um, like I couldn't coach last year. My kids' soccer didn't have the time. Um, when people are driving two hours a day, either north or south, to go to work, you're coming home, coming home seven seven thirty. You don't have time um, to give back to the community. But if you had a job here, you're more invested. You obviously have more time to to give back. And I'll tell you one thing that I've heard from many people that have moved here within the last few years. And that's, they wanna be involved, but they don't know how because they're commuting all the time. So they're not engaged. Having that opportunity I think would be just fantastic and I'm uh, really looking forward to that because you know we've got a fabulous community, it's awesome. When people come up to you and say, Paul, you know, I wanna get engaged, I just moved here a few years ago, how do I do it? You know, obviously I tell them, well, I'm on a campaign right now. I got a lot of things that you can get involved in, but but no, seriously. Yeah, there people great. are crying out for volunteers. When I yeah. talk, when I talk, you know, to the, we basically lost Testa Metal because 
volunteers were just burnt also out. The children Festival. Well, oh, but all Farmers Market. The, the Brackendale uh, Fall market Fair. Fall oh, Fair. I, I said Farmers Market. I meant yeah. to say, yeah, Brackendale Fall and Fair. That's all due to lack of... of uh, yeah, and it's, it is. It's a shame. It's yeah. great events. Yeah, we just don't have the volunteer base that we used to have. And it's yeah. funny because, you know, the town's growing. Well, but that's the other issue, right? It's growing. You need more volunteers, right? Okay, but just turning it back to amenities for a second, Karen Elliott came out and said in the chief that she estimates, I don't know if it's her estimate or where she pulled this number from, but she's estimating replacement for Brennan Park, you know, new ice field, and new ice sheet, and all the other stuff that we need there at about $100 million. Yeah, so the district did a report. It's not her um, findings. It's the District of Squamish did a study. They're saying it's about $100 million. Our boring capacity, if everything's equal and being comfortable, is about $8 million a year. So we have to be thinking outside the box. We've got to be creative. So we've got to look at everything, at, everything from negotiations, community amenity agreements, grants, those sort of things to to make this happen and make it is, a reality. Is that kind of funding out there? Like, can you find one hundred million dollars in well, community grants again, and funding, um, or would you have to look at corporate partnerships? Um, right. So, corporate sponsorships is is another great example. Uh, absolutely. But I mean, hundred million dollars, guys. We're not that's needed tomorrow, right? I, I believe uh, the hundred million dollars is you know over twenty twenty five years, right? If not but, thirty. So, and I can't remember over how many years that was from, to be honest. Certainly, we're obviously going to do the best we can to address what we need. You know, that a lot of that was replacement too. You know, for me, right up front, I wouldn't replace Brennan Park. I wouldn't knock it down and rebuild it. I would lipstick it, right? Make it look nicer and expand on it. We gotta build on what we have as opposed to starting from scratch because it's about dollars and cents. You know, I think we gotta, quite a nice facility there and it just needs to be uh, enhanced you know one of the reasons we don't have a second ice sheet in Squamish is because in the lead-up to the Olympics there was talk of having the Paralympic uh, sledge hockey event here in Squamish which means that you know uh, Olympic Canada would have paid for a second ice sheet or well they paid for it in Richmond so, and then of course what happened was that Whistler said that they, they were gonna take it and then at the last minute they said no and it got it ended up down in Richmond. And so we lost out. That was, uh, I know that, I know the mayor at the time, Ian Sutherland was very upset about it. They saw it as a huge lost opportunity, especially now here we are, you know, almost 10 years later, still looking at to find a second ice sheet. So that comes down to communication with Whistler. Now, and I'm not trying to paint Whistler in a bad light, uh, I know that the single mayoral candidate up there, Jack Crompton, wants to talk more with his partners in the corridor. But reaching out to the corridor and communicating, do you see that as an important part of being mayor in Squamish? And if so, what would be your strategy there? So like I said earlier, guys, uh, I used to be the chair of the regional district. Certainly uh, believe in the regional district. But the problem with the regional district is this. And Jack actually the current chair uh, right now. And the problem with it is this. You have north and south. You have two sets of MPs, two sets of MLAs, two sets of regional districts, two sets of demographics and, and geographies. When I talk about Squamish, Whistler, and Pemberton being kind of one, Darcy, Mount Curry, up all the way up to Lillouette, 
Yeah, we forget um, when we talk about the quarter, we forget it goes past Pemberton. It's the Squamish Lillooet <laughs> Regional District. And so, so right there, different issues, different demographics, different economies. Certainly the price of a home in Squamish is way different than the price of a home in Lillooet. So that's number one. Number two is, so priorities, when you, when you get everyone in the room, is sometimes cautious because we're talking regional transit, we're talking planning issues here, and, you know, and they're saying, well, what about us up north? But that's the way they kind of laid us out. But my main concern and what I'll fight for now and, and when I'm mayor is this. Whatever Squamish and Squamish only and its community and its citizens should always dictate what happens in Squamish. Not Pemberton, not Whistler or Lillooet. That's really important from a governance point of view that uh, I want to ensure. And that takes leadership. More importantly, it also takes experience. Okay, so since we're talking about the corridor and we're talking about potential issues with Whistler, the biggest issue we may have with Whistler going forward is Garibaldi at Squamish. Are you in favor of Garibaldi at Squamish? Yeah, so let me say this. You mentioned Whistler. So as much as we've got a great corridor, Whistler provides employment uh, for many of our residents and businesses growing and expanding out there or from there to here, we at the end of the day still are competitors. When it comes to all season resorts like Airbnb at Squamish, uh, why Whistler has taken the position they have, I believe it's competition. Clearly it is, yeah. And so in my view, in my mind, I want to do what's best interest for Squamish. Do I want to see an all four season resort happen in our community? Absolutely, absolutely. Squamish has been crying for tourism jobs and tourism infrastructure since I was a kid. Finally, we got an opportunity to capitalize on one. I'm not saying I'm just uh, out blankly saying I support whatever. Uh, I'm not saying that. But I want to be in control of what happens if we're able to get an all-season all resort. I don't want Whistler to control in that because at the end of the day, they made it very clear. I don't think it's going to work. And I say this, it's because it, they believe it's competition. But I will also say this, and it's been said by others, so it's not my statement, but I believe it's true. You increase the pie, the pie's only going to get bigger, right? I used to be in the hotel industry back in the day in Squamish. And then we had a couple hotels being built. And my philosophy was always this. Those new hotels being added is going to increase the marketing dollars, marketing Squamish, which is going to be a good thing, which is going to increase the pie. I would say that's going to happen here, too. Well, that's the same. The, no, the competition isn't a bad thing. Competition, when it comes to quarter-wide, you look at examples in Colorado, for example, where they have multiple ski hills, and they're all thriving. Yeah, the, high, the I-70 corridor is you've got Vail. You, you don't have Aspen. You've got Vail. You've got, uh, well, you've got a bunch of them. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but there's like four or five right there. Yeah, yeah. For me... This corridor is becoming world-renowned. We all know the chief. We all know the spectacular windsurfing we have here, the eagles, the river rafting. And we have Whistler, you know, 35, 40 minutes uh, north of us. Yeah. You know, if you look at this corridor, right, and I include the North Shore part of that. Yeah. We already got, what is there, Seymour, Grouse, and, and Cypress. Cypress. So there's four ski hills, or five in Blackcomb Whistler, and they all thrive. And when you have people who want to invest in something like that, you have to look at it very seriously. Because guess what, guys? 
when we talk about local jobs, when we talk about bringing families together and spending more time together, that's how we do it. Do you think the Squamish gondola has made people more receptive to that sort of development? You know, I don't. I think the gondola is a great thing. It's a, a great one-day kind of experience to go up there, uh, great amenity to Squamish. But we're talking apples and oranges when we're talking about an all-season resort, you know, with full-on with skiing, golf course, mountain bike trails, that sort of stuff. This is a more of a destination where, where the gondola is more of a, a day destination, you know, people coming from from Northland or wherever, right? Uh, coming up for the day, going up the gondola, going for a hike, having lunch, uh, and having that experience. Somebody, I think it adds to the, the whole experience of Squamish. And guess what, guys? That's what it's all about. Yeah, the more attractions that bring up tourists, right? Exactly. The, the other thing is where we're going to house workers. Now, I mentioned Vail. Vail Corp actually now owns Black Home Whistler. And they said that they want to concentrate mainly on international tourists. They don't really want the weekenders from Vancouver, which is a great even, attitude even to American cons said so last winter. considering considering you know it's weekenders from Vancouver that built that resort. But however, they have a problem with obviously with housing. The whole quarter has a problem with housing. Now Vail Corp, they've relied on workers commuting at their Colorado resorts. They I don't think they understand that Squamish is already filled to the brim. So. They're not going to be able to put workers in Squamish and have them commute. However, what are we going to do about the, the housing crisis? Some people say it's not a crisis. Some people say it's just a, a tight housing market. But clearly, housing is an issue for pretty much everyone, whether you're renting or buying. So need to understand a little bit more what you're asking. When you say crisis, are you saying lack of? You're talking prices? You're talking about lack of rentals? Trying to understand. I, think it's, I, it's I would say all the, encompassing. Really. Yeah, it is all encompassing. But let me but let me narrow that down. I would say that rental housing, because if we're talking about workers, the family, the young families, and the professionals that are coming up here, they're able to. Uh, they're coming here because it's more affordable than Vancouver, so they can buy into the market. But the rental housing, which is very tight, that is needed for these people that are going to be working in the service industry or you know doing other amenity jobs they're going to need rental housing. So that's a great question and certainly a, and a, Alan, I think you know, I'm not sure you know, Marcus, but I've been in the business, been a landlord pretty much all my life and been in this business. I will say this, market always dictates what happens. Uh, certainly there's a lot on the books for people to build this sort of accommodation, rental housing, and we'll see more of it as a result. But the market will always dictate it. I think that's something that I've always believed in. Because when government pushes things sometimes, what happens is you build it and then it could sit empty if the market turns. So that's always my fear is let the market, private sector, deal with that stuff. Affordable housing, seniors housing, that's different. Rental-based housing, private sector will take care of that. Does that mean... Because there's a demand and the rental rates are really good in Squamish. In comparison to what, Vancouver? Compared to Vancouver or Whistler. So it's still pretty hot. Like I said, I've been in this business all my life. Growing up, you know, rental rates didn't move up much. So, you know, we always did the base increase every year. But over the last five or six years, we've seen considerable increases in those rates. Before, paying a uh, thousand bucks for a one bedroom, that was a mortgage payment back in the day, right? You know, I just bought 160 townhomes there last year in the U.S., two and three bedroom townhomes, and I'm getting 1700 bucks. Whereas here, 
Whereas here, totally different market, but still, I mean, everything's relative when you talk about housing. Here, you know, you're getting for two, three bedroom townhome, you're getting close to 2,000 to 2,500 bucks. Now, when you talk about private sector driving the rental market, do you see increased density and having these units? Because a lot of people may buy these as, as an investment and rent them out. So yeah. if we increase density, you see that as alleviating the rental? Sure, it all helps. Certainly there is, uh, that's how I started out. I, I used to buy to rent single family homes. Yeah, there, there certainly is that element of it. What about adding, for, for example, if people want to add suites to their homes because you know the mortgage is pretty high, uh, alleviating some of the, the bureaucracy behind perhaps buildings in suites in their homes to help supplement that, also increasing yeah. rental properties, or or maybe I don't know, so Airbnb. I, that's uh, that's a big thing. Too. So once upon a time, believe it or not, uh, secondary suites were illegal in Squamish, and I was on council when we legalized them, and I support it. It is a mortgage helper, and that helps young families buy a home. Uh, it helps anybody, right? Uh, end of the day. Uh, it supports a mortgage and it supports a family's disposable income. So I totally believe in, in that sort of philosophy. Okay, I think we want to thank uh, Paul Lally for coming in and talking with us. Guys, my pleasure. This was great. And like I said, the only thing I want to say to the community is certainly I uh, hope you um, enjoyed the podcast. But certainly one of the things that I've always said to people, members in the community is I always make myself accessible. If you have any questions, my cell number is 604-815-9841. Please call me. Uh, I look forward to listening to your questions or concerns or ideas. It, it takes a community to build a community. And uh, please vote Paul Lally on October 20th for mayor. Well, there you go. We gave him a free campaign ad. <laughs> so there's your, one of your, another one of your mayoral candidates, Paul Lally. Remember, Election Day is October 20th. If you don't get out and vote, then you can't. You have no right to complain. And we'll, we'll be we'll be sending you a bill for the campaign ad. Right? No, we're not. That one that one was free. Yeah, All the rest are going to cost you. Advertising is awesome. This is the Sea to Sky podcast. If you have a comment or story ideas, please check out our website at seataskypodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Sea to Sky Podcast. Thank you for clicking us on. 